Sometimes I wonder if I'm in the wrong profession. I'm tempted at times when Jerry says, please be seated. And I just wonder what he's going to do if I'm seated. (laughs) You want to stand up and do the lesson. Find out several things, or I already know them, but again, to find out several things about you this evening. I didn't suspect it to be otherwise anyhow. But I know that you are able to communicate. Because I heard you sing. Some of it may have been softly. But I heard you sing. I heard you voice words. That's communication. Prayer is communication. Been a while back. I was talking to a sister in Christ who had gone through some severe trials and some tribulations, lost some loved ones, and she was distraught. Now she was angry as what as to what had taken place. And voiced it, and at times had made the comments. He said, I said, take it to God in prayer. She said, I cannot pray. I'm so angry, I cannot pray. And this went on for a little bit, and I said, no, you need to take it to God in prayer. I cannot pray. I said, I tell you what. Go talk to God. She said, what? I said, go talk to him. If you can't pray to him, just go talk to him. Tell him how you feel. And she did. And she got over it. That's all prayer is. Talking. Just talking to God. We understand who he is. But we're talking to God. It gives us guidelines along the way. We, we know communication is something that is learned. Babies learn how to communicate. And we, we learn as spiritually babes in Christ. We learn how to communicate. We're given God's word. We can go there. We can find different prayers that were uttered. But all it is is a communication that we have with God. That privilege, that opportunity to express what we're feeling, what we're going through, how we feel about something, and then trust in Him. If we look at His Word, then He will also give us answers to what we're going through. He works it out. Oftentimes we do not understand the how. And I've often pointed out or or mentioned at times that children, small children, have no concept of what parents go through in providing a house, food and clothing, shelter, protection. They don't have a clue. They just know it's there. And we don't have a clue as to how God works in our lives. But we know he does. He cares for us. He watches over us. He doesn't give us what we want. In the way that we want it, because we want it. He doesn't give us what we want in the way that we want it, because we want it. He gives us what we need, and there's a difference. It is in the physical realm, it is in the spiritual realm. There's a difference involved in that. 
He has a way of giving what we need as opposed to what we want. James reminds us we ask and do not receive because we ask for the wrong reason. We ask for ourselves, that we can spend it on ourselves. Give me a good job, let me have a good family and whatever else, good friends and a good church, and let me have all these blessings that you have to give. You ask for the wrong reason that you can spend it on yourselves. Change how we ask. We get in situations as we are and have been, and whether it's economy is good or not, that we learn that let him who have learn to share with those who do not have. That's just a given fact. Now we, again, think we need to do all the providing and we forget. The scriptures remind us that if I have and I see a brother in need and, I'm not able, and do not help him, how can the love of God abide in me? Sometimes we have that need and it's provided by another, but the need is met. But the need is met. And that's what we need to remind ourselves. Sometimes Christians look for what sometimes is called the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. As thinking that that's the one that you ought to pray. Pray after this manner. And uh, it doesn't take long if you read scriptures to find out that that prayer is not uttered at all in any other place within the scriptures. Jesus never utters it again. The disciples never used that prayer. They never said those words. There's nothing magical in the words. And there's nothing magical in the word prayer. That is, that that's a key to our understanding or our getting what we would like to have. And to, to be able to stop and to reflect and to, to think for a while. What I would call the Lord's Prayer, there's not Matthew 6, but it's John 17. You want to know what a prayer is. Or you want to know what you need to be thinking about as you're facing a severe trial in life that's going to lead to a dramatic physical death. Read John 17. Read the prayer of Jesus there in John 17. He's facing death. What's his concern? Been around loved ones who, and families who were about to lose their dear loved ones. And I've always heard different things. They want to gather the family together because they've got some words that they want to share with them. They've got some things that they want to express to their loved ones before they depart to this life or the loved ones want to give to the one who's about to depart from this life. It's what's on the heart that you want to share. It's what means the most to you that makes a difference. And that's what you have in John 17. Here's what was on the heart of Jesus. Father, I pray that they may be one as you and I are one. That they may have that comfort that you give. And that you'd watch over them. Be their children. That we could be his children. We have these concepts of prayer. And we need to realize. We talk about have your, your closet. We get that out of the scriptures. Pray. Don't stand out in the public. Pray with your hands up and say. Oh, look at me. and Look at how righteous I am. And I'm praying. It says go in your closet and close the door. <clears throat> I'll get in trouble for this one, but you haven't seen my closets in my house. 
You're not going in them. If you go in them, you can't get the door closed. But that's another story. But we look for those little things along the way. No, it's not a physical closet. It's on your own. You have your places. You can pray at any time. We know that. We find people praying all the time at different times in, in, in life. But it's finding time to where you can communicate. It's like a parent taking time to teach a child how to speak. They can learn by listening. And I don't know about you, but that is one of the most amazing, the whole thing is, but that is one of the most amazing things is to watch a baby grow and to see how they develop that capability of speaking. You know, when they come out of the womb, they're not speaking words. They're expressing their emotions or their desires at that particular time, but they're not speaking words. And how do they learn words? Imitation. They just imitate. But it's interesting, again, how do they do that? How can they sit there and listen and process and in their mind come up with, that's what they need to do to express their thoughts along the way. The joy that I have in being the father is usually with the kids, uh, the children. Uh, the first words that came out of their mouths that was understandable was the word daddy. <laughs> daddy, I like that one. You know, Mama does all the work and daddy gets all the credit. You know, that's fine. But I'm simply saying, I think about that and I watch babies grow. And you're thinking, what a marvelous thing that is, this art of communication. And how do we do it with God? Same way. We listen. We listen to his words. We listen to him speak. We listen to what he is trying to say, and then we try to articulate that. We try to speak that back towards him. He knows our words before we speak them. But he wants us to speak them. There's something about that, expressing what is there. We want, at least men like to get around that way, to say, I mean, you already know what I want. I don't need to tell you. Oh, no, that's not the way it goes. You know, it's not one of those situations, and I've used it, and I, you know, I always get in trouble when I do use it. You know, wife says, that you don't tell me you love me. I said, I told you I love you when we got married. If I ever changed my mind, I'll let you know. Uh, no, that's the way it goes. And no, the communication. That's part of life is communicating. Spending that time and in, in reaching out to God and reaching up to God. Looking at what he has to say. Look at that model prayer in Matthew 6. Look at what's being expressed, what's being there. Understand the words that were given. Understand the time frame in which it was given. I hear people recite that. Thy kingdom come. You know, well, it's come. They don't understand that it's already come. What are they praying for? They don't know. They just said, that's words. I'm just supposed to speak the words. I don't need to know what they're saying. Yes, you do. You learn what those words are as time goes on. And as children grow up, they have a tendency, if they're not always in the house, and sometimes you want them out of the house, but if they're not always in the house, they sometimes hear words that they don't need to know. And they have a tendency to recite those words from time to time. And then they need to what? They need to be corrected. 
We do not correct them as they did back in somebody's day when there was something called soap in the mouth, (laughs) washing out the dirty words. Uh, You know, but it was, no, that's not the way we do that. Well, God's Word gives us all kinds of guidance along the way. If we take the time to, to read through and to use that time that is given to us, God just wants to hear what's on your heart. That's what the quiet time is. That's what the closet is for. This, this between you and God. Tell him what you think. Tell him how you're feeling. He already knows. But tell him how you feel. You know, if you're upset, if you're glad, or whatever it is, talk to him. The beauty to know, I mean, the beauty of knowing that God in heaven hears our prayers. That he gives attention to what we're saying. The marvelous concept of God. And how he can hear the prayers of millions of people who are praying and they can be praying at the same same time. He hears each prayer. It's interesting because they're not all in the same language, are they? But they're in the language that he knows and that he understands. But he's looking at the heart. Oh, I can think of all kinds of things that I would like. I can think of all kinds of things that would be nice to have situation-wise and whatever else it may be. But then I'm reminded, and regardless of what I said this morning, don't look back. You get to look back periodically. I'm reminded that we are at all different stages all the way through our life. What I thought, what I felt, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do when I was 15 years old is not the same today. Everything has changed since then. Wherever I am, everything is not the same. So it's changed in what I would like to have. And a lot of things I learned from when I was 15, 16 years old, realized that it's not the same as I need today. I still still like muscle cars, and I would still like to have one. But I know better than ever wanting to get one. I have something that's been called a, a lead foot. And I do not need one of those muscle cars. I did when I was 16. That's what I wanted. And I had a kind brother-in-law who let, who let me drive a 58 T-Bird. I love that. And that car would move. But that's not where I'm at today. Times have changed. Situations have changed. Different focus along the way. That's part of life. We do that in the physical life oftentimes without ever thinking about it. It's not so sometimes we get a, uh, an opportunity to reflect back, you know, and, and I've got Bibles in the office and, and at home as well that I can open up and I've got notes in there from my children when they were seven, eight, nine years old, whatever it was, little drawings that they have. I've got them from Kirsten too in my Bible, <laughs> so... I mean, I just, because why? Because that is an expression of the heart of the child. And that's precious. Your words to the Heavenly Father may not be eloquent, may not be long, but your words to the Father 
To him is an expression of the love of his child to the Father. That's precious. You cherish those. They mean something to you. You recall those words, a lot of those, and, or the, the images that have been drawn. You recall those words a long time down through time. Just remembering some of those words of what they said and what was important to them at that particular time. But we need that time. Jesus used that time oftentimes. You look at his life. You look at how busy he was from morning to night and oftentimes pre-morning to after dark. But you look at what Jesus was going through. And I said, I've always liked Luke 5 and verse 16 where it has to me or the expression, Jesus often withdrew himself into the wilderness to pray. Wow. And that's always that reminder to me. If the Son of God felt the necessity of often withdrawing himself from society, from his disciples, if he found it necessary and important to him to withdraw and spend time in prayer to his Father, how important is prayer to us? How important is that prayer to us? There'd be times when he'd be up all night praying to his father. And his prayer to his father was not always answered, or the the answer that the father gave to the son was not always what you may have wanted to know. He spent all night in prayer, and then he chose 12 men to be his apostles. And every one of those 12 men were of sterling quality. No hiccups in their life. No doubts in their, res- in their commitment to Christ. Willing to follow him to the death. Did they not say that? <laughs> he chose all 12 of them. After spending a night in prayer to his father. And then you get to work with the, those lives. But the prayer was answered. They went through the trials and the tribulations. They went through their heartaches, their disappointments. They went through their rebellion, if you will. But they always came back. He knew something about them. We can get discouraged. God's people often did in the Old Testament and New Testament as well. Get discouraged. And that's why, again, that concept in Luke 5, 16 is important. Withdrawal. Often, spend time in prayer to the Father. Ask that his will be done. And again, with anything that you ask, be careful what you ask for. Because it makes a difference. God has a way of giving, you know. You've heard me say before, I prayed for patience and the Lord gave me three kids. I quit praying for patience. Then he gave me a congregation. (laughs) Still trying to learn patience. I haven't got it down yet. But I'm simply saying, when you're asking, understand God will hear and God answers, but he answers in his way. Perseverance. 
How much do you want it? How important is it? And is it important in the kingdom of God? Is it important in the kingdom of God for me to have my way? Is it important in the kingdom of God for things to go the way that I want them to go? Or is it important in the kingdom of God for God's will to be done? For me to learn submission. For me to learn patience. And I'm using that as an editorial way for me or for me to learn it. as for you as well to learn it. To learn what God would want us to learn. Trials, tribulations, friction, and whatever else is there. It's a lot easier to run than it is to sit and work with it. For God wants us to be his children. And again, I, I, I do love uh, 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen, And I see it more and more every day that I live. God has placed us in the body just as it has pleased him. That is amazing to me. Because he's taken a life before the life was ever thought of. He's taken a life before it was ever conceived. He's taken a life that has gone through a whole lifetime of developing to move that child to where God wants that child to be to serve him in that particular place and that particular part of the body. Wow! What a marvelous God we serve. He works with us. Ours is to trust him as he works with us. To be able to do the things that, again, that would be pleasing in his sight. Paul would tell the Thessalonians to pray without ceasing, First Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. Let your request be made known to God. He hears. It's just that, again, we say prayer... Because scriptures say prayer. We hear prayer and we think formality. Do we not? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's what you think or not. You're thinking about a, a formal type of setting. What do I need to do when I'm praying? Do I need to get down on my knees? Remember those days? Older ones, remember those days? When the men, when they prayed, they got down on their knee and, and they prayed? Is it the position? Does my being on my knees make, bring me closer to God? It might. It's trying to, to, it's this avenue, this situation of prayer, this quiet spot, the closet. It, it's trying to say you, you're working into a situation in which you are able to give attention to God in your prayers. Sometimes I hear people say that they pray while they're driving. I say, some of them I've told, I say, you need to pay attention less to your prayers and more to your driving. You need to, you need to be paying attention to how you're driving. Uh, it's, you, know, you can do both, but you better watch it because it can get dangerous in a hurry. Are we spending that time? And are we spending that time out of a deep love? There's nothing, there's no greater joy then to have a child come up to you at a odd particular time, if you will, and say, Dad or Mom, I want to talk to you about something. That's precious. 
That was an open door in our house. I don't know. No, you don't need to know how many times. I don't know how many times that I was offered or afforded that privilege of being able to walk in mom and dad's bedroom, sit on the bed, and talk to them. Something going on. Usually an apology for something that had already gone on. But something has gone on. Never, ever was there any indication that that was an inconvenience on mom and dad. It was an open invitation. You had that with your Heavenly Father. That's an open invitation at any time, under any circumstance, in any position, any location. You have the privilege of going into the throne word, the throne room, the, the thorn house, the, the throne room of the heavenly Father in heaven and talk to him. And know and know that he hears. And that is that he delights. He delights in hearing his children. Do not have to work it out on your own. Don't know which way to go. Lay it before God. Here are options. Here are possibilities. Lay it before God. Sometimes we make choices before we ought to make choices. And then you say, well, that was one lesson learned. Let's try it another way. Whatever it is, I'm simply saying God affords us that privilege to approach Him in prayer at any time within our lives. Be able to pour out our petitions as David did in Psalm 51. Pour out the heart of what I've done. The mistakes that I've made. The cost of lives of that wrong choice that I made. To lay that before God and to know that forgiveness is granted. One of the greatest joys we have. Forgiveness is being granted by God. Again, Hebrews 10, 17 and 18. Their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more, says the Lord. I use those verses because they mean something. They have a purpose in life. They touch the heart. It helps to cleanse the soul. That to know that I'm not just mouthing words to the Father, but that He's hearing those prayers. He's looking into the heart. And He says, the sins and the iniquities, I remember no more. They've been dealt with by the blood of Christ. You confess them, they're washed away. And God holds them against us no more. What a blessing that is. And it all comes again by time. We learn. And we can learn along the way that though some of the prayers are longer, some of the prayers are shorter. We're not heard for our many words. Jesus talked about that and given what we call that model prayer. 
There are those who love to pray out in the streets and they think they're heard for the many words. They're not. It's not how many words you say. It's what the heart says. What does the heart say? That's what makes the difference. Or the vain repetitions. We're not heard for our vain repetitions. We're heard by the heart. What's on your heart? Again, as I told the individual, cannot pray to God, talk to him. Just talk to him. Tell him your frustration. Tell him why you're flustered. Tell him why it's hurt. Tell him why you don't understand what's going on. Ask him. Be prepared for his answer, but ask him. Oftentimes it's be patient. Be patient. Some of these meanings will come down to you later on, but be patient. Trust him. He's working his will in my life for my good, for my edification, to lead me from here to heaven. Now, how can I doubt him? Because I don't see the answer within the time frame that I want it in. And I may not ever see the answers of some of them that I've asked for, but I know he's answered. The answer is no. The answer is you don't need to know that. That's an answer, is it not? You don't need to know that right now. It's not important. It may be to me, but it's not. In essence, as I look back over those prayers that I've talked to individuals who have said, I know God does not answer your prayers. And this is a child of God. I know he doesn't answer prayers. I've prayed this, I've prayed this prayer for 35 years, and God has not answered that prayer. Well, he answered it. You just hadn't heard the answer. He didn't give you the answer that you wanted. You didn't understand what was involved in that request. Whatever that request was, I never heard that request, so I don't know. It may have been for the salvation of a loved one. But I cannot in my prayers force a loved one to obey the gospel. God, I want my family to be saved. You reach down and zap them in the heart and turn them around. Doesn't work that way. Mine is to share. Theirs is to respond. And sometimes they may or may not. Without knowing who we are praying to, prayers could be exasperating as we make requests and we feel they're not heard or we feel they're not answered. They're not answered in the way we want them answered. But I know whatever I ask for, the Father gives in accordance with his will and for his glory and for my edification to draw me closer to him and oftentimes for me simply to learn to trust him more. He knows. He knows an end result that I do not see. He knows what's coming down the road. And he works in our lives. Beautiful thoughts of prayer. May we grow in our understanding. May we grow in our love. May we grow in our commitment. That we will take that time that God has given to us to do his will 
and to bid, do his bidding so that indeed one day we can be his and be with him through all eternity. As you look at your life, where is it this evening? Is it in light of God's word? Is there a heart that is tender, soft like clay, can be molded and shaped into the vessel that God chooses you to be? Or, as we, or have we rebelled against God and need to make that change? God always has an invitation that's open. It's always extended. And at any time in our lives that we need to make that change, God is willing to receive and to give life or to restore life. If you have a need and we can assist you this evening, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.